When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest episode of Land Grant In Conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around the Ohio State football program and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with L.C. Norton from our sibling site that covers the Indiana Hoosiers, Crimson Corey. Since Indiana is Ohio State's first football opponent this season, doing that weird Big Ten opener to start the season thing that they often do, uh, we wanted to start diving into all of the opponent previews now that we are clear of spring football. So, LC, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with us today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. So, Ohio State fans are never far from being in full panic mode, uh, especially coming out of a spring practice where the spring game was not exciting and not necessarily good. There are plenty of things to pick apart from this Ohio State team that is replacing a lot of players, especially on the offensive line and at quarterback. For the Hoosiers, um, they finished up spring practice as well. Is that feeling of existential dread that Ohio State fans feel basically in perpetuity the same uh, for the football team at this time of year, or is that just saved for the basketball program? Uh, so you said um, immediately after as for the Hoosiers, and that's a pretty good summary of general football <laughs> feelings around here lately so i mean yeah iu fans are definitely still in basketball mode men's and women's i mean both teams coming off of great seasons men's portal recruiting kind of going nuts because if there's an update there's to be heard but as far as football season so the weird thing is um last year after they hired walt bell and i mean i it might have still been a COVID thing they did not have any sort of spring event not beyond that uh just access to the team for spring practice was heavily heavily limited so we didn't see just about anything last year until that very first snap against illinois uh but this year has been a bit different um alan has kind of opened things up for media a bit more media been able to go to spring practices a bit more there's been a lot more spring media availability for coaches and players and there was not a spring game, but there was a spring event that amounted to an open practice. It was kind of a scrimmage. I mean, you you learned a bit from spring ball, but honestly, not a ton. Definitely more than last year, but um, the spring event was not super well attended. And I blame that just in part on, like, you know, apathy. I mean, this team has won, like, all of six games in two years. I mean, that's not great. Um, and just beyond that, there was no spring event. The previous two springs, one was COVID, one whatever. Um, but, I mean, there just hasn't really been much energy for football in the spring in Bloomington recently. So there just wasn't much there, honestly. How much of that has to do with just the preferences of the Indiana faithful being more towards basketball than football? And how much of it is what they anticipate to see this fall? I was 
a big proponent of nine win Deanna back in what is that twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Obviously, that didn't happen because of of COVID. Uh, didn't have the opportunity to get to that, but. They seem to have things rolling not too long ago. And as you mentioned, the last two seasons have kind of fallen off the cliff and you can blame that on uh, a lot of different things. But is the vibe around the fandom just that like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like it's football. We, you know, we're basketball, you know, school, not any, anything that happens on football that's good is a bonus uh, or or are people worked up about the fact that the last two seasons have been as bad as they as they were? So people generally generally like enjoy Indiana football. I mean, it's something to do on Saturdays. Like there's yeah. like Memorial Stadium is a fantastic place to take in a game. But um, I'd say the energy, it's a bit of a mixture of, you know, IU is historically a basketball program. Everyone knows that. Um, but aside from that, just I mean, there were so many good feelings in 2019 and 2020. I mean, I was a student both of those seasons, obviously 2020, you couldn't really share that with the team just because empty stadiums. And then, but 2019, I was there for just about every home game and it was just great because I mean, the offense was nice. The defense was good. They were, they were kind of building toward that 2020 season. Um, and I mean, that 2020 season, there was a lot that went into that very bluntly. Like a lot of the teams they beat were having down years. Um, but uh then in 2021, 2022, all that goodwill and energy just, went out the door and i mean you can kind of there's there's a lot of things you can blame that on like there's been a lot of injuries um i'm not sure the strength all like the whole strength program has really been super up to par um just across the board and i mean frankly a lot of it comes back to the offensive line because the defense was fine until the bottom fell out um these past two years um but the offense just could not move the ball it was largely because the offensive line has slowly deteriorated under the previous offensive line coach they got a new person in but i mean two years of the offensive line kind of decaying um it just feels like it could be too little too late and that's what the vibe is like if they made this hire like two years ago and they probably should have like it would be i feel like it'd be significantly different feelings in bloomington towards football but now it's just kind of eh i mean it there's something to be said for the fact that I use like kind of breakout season 2019, 2020 came during down years for the men's basketball program uh, prior to the hiring of Mike Woodson. So there was like, like nothing in IU sports was going great. I mean, the women's basketball program is being built up. That was fun to watch, but also um, like, Hey, if the men's basketball program isn't going great, um, at least there's football, which was a really, really weird place to be as an Indiana fan. For <laughs> Every, a while. Everything's upside uh, but, down. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was kind of upside down. It was a really weird time. So as you start looking towards this season, when it comes to football, everything starts at the quarterback position. And it seems like Indiana, at least throughout this uh, this spring, that it's going to be turning to a redshirt freshman in the fall, whether that's uh, Taven Jackson or Brendan Soresby. What is the vibe there? I know at the spring event that you mentioned, it seems like Soresby took the first snap, but everything seemed to be fairly even between the two. So if you had to handicap what that, quarterback competition is like when Ohio State takes the field in Bloomington in September who do you think is going to be behind center for the Hoosiers you know at least to start the game or do you think it'll be fairly even throughout the course of that first contest so I'm actually really glad you asked about that so it's kind of a complicated situation for more than just the football reason because Taven Jackson isn't just some like random Indiana like 
yeah. quarterback from the state of Indiana. He's the younger brother of Trace Jackson Davis. So like there's a name to live up to there. I mean, one of the greatest players in the history of the men's basketball program playing football here. I mean, that's kind of a storyline thing. And I mean, he was a highly rated recruit coming out of high school. Um, he Top was a pro-style quarterback. Yeah, top 200 player, four-star quarterback, really highly regarded, yeah. And um, But the weird thing about it that just strikes me as odd is uh, last season they went with Dexter Williams down the stretch. Of course, he got injured. Um, otherwise, they he'd probably be rolling as Indiana starter if they wouldn't, or they would have brought in a more experienced person to compete with him. But uh, after that, uh, Tom Allen kind of hinted that he wanted to go more mobile at the quarterback position. Um, and... Taven Jackson really isn't that like he can move, but I'm not sure how much he wants to do that or is capable. Um, I mean, Soresby is a bit more of a dual threat. We'll see what happens there. But um, I'd say the quarterback battle between them, um, it has been a battle like um, Soresby is holding his own. I mean, he's had a year in Walt Bell's system. And I mean, Taven Jackson is learning a brand new system that's pretty decently different from the hypo system i mean they did just hire um a wide receivers coach who has hypo connections from of course they hired him from utah state but uh yeah they're so taven jackson kind of learning a new system i mean he has a higher ceiling in in theory on paper than soresby um so it could be that new system holding him back and also the fact that they are both like wildly inexperienced but um as weird as it is to say this um I feel like Brendan might have a very, very slight edge, but as far as naming the starter against Ohio State that first game, I would not be surprised if Allen and the staff are looking into an experienced quarterback to add to that room, just because the guys they have right now have started zero games and have thrown a combined like 12 passes between them um, and just having a more experienced member of that group would just be a smart decision because I'm not sure just depending on how things go over the summer, you can end like fall camp and be like, I'm confident in who I have starting for this football team. Uh, so I honestly couldn't name it as like as lame of an answer as that is. Um, it's really weird right now. I mean, in theory, um, you could go with Taven Jackson purely because he has a higher ceiling. Um, but He's still learning that offense. I wouldn't be surprised if, they, again, they bring in somebody more experienced to kind of maybe guide the offense, see what goes on there. That That's kind of my read of the situation right now. So what is the status of Dexter Williams? Is he – he's still on the roster, but is he – like what's the injury prognosis? What's going on? Is he still a part of that competition? Uh, he had a pretty gnarly knee injury against Purdue, yeah. non-contact, like really, really bad stuff. Um, he – had surgery in the off season and everything we've heard from the program has indicated he's probably not going to be ready even like at all this season. Okay. It was not really gnarly yeah. stuff. So like the last I heard from him, he had started running. It's it's so weird with knee injuries at this point. Like I remember not that long ago when ACL injuries effectively ended your careers. And now we're used to seeing guys bounce back in six to nine months, but there are still some of those injuries, like you mentioned, especially those non-contact ones where it takes a long time to get back. So if they do go with experience, that obviously will not be Dexter Williams, who got a lot of snaps last year, or at least the, the majority of the backup snaps, especially down the stretch. So on offense, you mentioned 
new wide receiver coach, it seems like there is a fairly decent group of wide receivers for uh, Indiana this year. And um, Cam Camper was talking about an ACL injury. He is working his way back. But it seems like whoever the quarterback is at least has some fairly decent weapons to get the ball to. Is that where you know, Ohio State defense and everybody else that Indiana plays throughout the year, is is that going to be the biggest threat for them? Is it going to be the passing game with a, a fairly deep group of, of, of potential, you know, game breakers at wide receiver? So it's going to be interesting at wide receiver purely because the wide receivers coach in the previous season has moved not back on to the NFL. They hired a guy from the NFL. He went right back. He lasted one year here. I mean, he was a good coach by all means, cool dude, but he's gone. So they hired Anthony Tucker, who's kind of, He's much more of a individual work than a scheme guy. Um, but I mean, the wide receivers Indiana has, I believe I wouldn't be shocked if Cam Camper is ready by week one. I'm not sure if he'll be like a hundred percent himself, but um, I expect him to contribute this season. He's going to be a dangerous option. Uh, aside from him, um, Indiana's kind of interesting because Donovan McCulley is a, rec- a converted quarterback to wide receiver. He's a big body, um, just kind of like huge, huge catch radius. And if he is able to perform, if he's able to break out, um, he could have quite the season just purely as a go get the ball kind of guy. Uh, aside from those two, um, it's interesting because they brought in a few transfers. EJ Williams made a few plays at the spring event, and he was pretty good throughout spring ball. And the same could be said for Cameron Perry, who's a short speed guy. But if they can find a way to make Jalen Lucas work in the pass game, because if he did see plays on offense, he didn't really catch many passes. He was catching out of the backfield or just some like trick play to get on the ball. I mean, First team, all Big Ten kick returner, if my memory serves me well. He was all American, too. Incredible. Yes, that's right. And he was he was so good last season. And honestly, it was like a point of contention through the offseason. Like, uh oh, this guy might be a bit too good. He might go into the transfer portal. Um, <laughs> but he did not. He elected to stay here. And I mean, just the theme of him is, of course, that speed. Like, if he gets going, you aren't stopping him. But IU can't really bank on him just using pure track speed on a go route. Like they really kind of had to get creative with that to make plays with it and hope the offensive line kind of works with them on that because they did lose some talent on the offensive line. They're getting Matthew Bedford back, who was, I believe, their, I think he moved over to left tackle. He was injured just about all of last season, last season towards ACL week one. He's, he's back. Um, but yeah, I mean, they should, in theory, have a pretty good group of wide receivers. It's just so many of them are, in one way or another, an unknown. Like, E.J. Williams didn't exactly, like, set the world on fire at Clemson. I believe he had, like, 70 receiving yards last year. Um, Cam Camper, he's good, but he just needs to be healthy. Um, Jalen Lucas, like, if they can find a way to get on the ball, that's going to be nuts. And Cameron Perry, so not exactly like in the same Jalen Lucas type, but he is a speed guy. He's kind of small, 5'8". He's, no, he's 5'9". Uh, but he has been impressing during spring ball. It's mostly an unknown group of wide receivers if they have like a pretty good ceiling, but honestly, like a lot could happen there. Uh, so 
India's receivers could show out or they could not. And it's honestly going to depend much more on if whoever starts a quarterback, A, has sure. the experience getting the ball, or B, has the time with the offensive line. It's interesting that you talk so much about Allen wanting to kind of change the offensive approach, especially a quarterback and having, you know, a pretty good crew of wide receivers. He's he's a defensive guy. We think of him uh, as a defensive coach first. But like you were talking about when they had that uptick in 2019 or yeah, 2019 and 2020, it really was the offense that led them. If we look over onto the defensive side of the ball, where Tom Allen should have a, you know, even more of an impact. What is it looking like over there? I know one of the transfers, you mentioned a number of transfers on the offensive side, but Andre Carter transferred from Western Michigan and then was named one of the MVPs for the spring practice session. He's coming into that defensive line. That would necessarily, that would probably be an area where you want to start if you want to kind of rebuild your defense to be able to not only get pressure on opposing quarterbacks, but hopefully slow down the run. What is the defense looking like this season uh, after having, as you've talked about before, some pretty disappointing years, especially under a head coach who has a almost uniformly defensive background? So Allen's defense is like a tricky thing the past few years because it hasn't really lived up to the billing, but it's not entirely on that defense honestly in 2021 the defense held firm for a good half of the season like that game against Cincinnati like it was thoroughly a game and they were in it because the defense up until the ejection of Micah McFadden for targeting like the defense was like really giving it to Cincinnati like they were just like fault like false starts rushing the passer forcing fumbles it was beautiful sight to see and then he got ejected and everything went to shit um but uh yeah the defense this year it's gonna be interesting because you mentioned andre carter and i would be willing to bet like if there is any sure bet on this team i'd be willing to bet that andre carter ends the team ends the season as the team's overall mvp i think he is that good just relative to the rest of this roster and just how he's performed like he's been a monster throughout spring ball on the defensive line because everyone I speak to and just from seeing him, it's like, he is the real deal. Like he is just a monster on the defensive line Um, because last year, of course they had to McCullough since transferred to Oklahoma, but he was much more of a do it all kind of guy. Like they did have a much of the passer. Yes, but he could move out in coverage. Whereas Andre Carter is like a full time, like rush the passer kind of defensive lineman. Um, But Aside from him, they're replacing Cam Jones, um, who I was Indiana's probably best shot to get a player drafted this past NFL draft, uh, but he got injured last season, wasn't really able to get back with the team. Um, he was probably one of the best linebackers of the past decade, and, I mean, McFadden's long gone, so they're replacing that linebacker core. I mean, Aaron Casey is going to probably inherit that role, and he's – good i believe he'll be able to step up into that role i'm not sure he'll be able to do it in a way that could equal what cam jones and michael mcfadden were able to do but um if i'm ohio state especially like if i'm an ohio state fan um i keep i'm keeping my eyes on indiana secondary because it's going to be interesting to see ohio state's receivers against that secondary purely because 
very bluntly, I think Ohio State's receivers are going to be fine against that secondary, not to sandbag that secondary, but they lost almost all of their experience because what was the beauty of the 2021 season going in? The perception was, oh, that's a super experienced secondary. And I mean, well, we all saw how that went out, but all that experience is gone, replaced by either really, really young talent that's unexperienced or transfer guys. Um, like Taiwan Mullen's gone, Jalen Williams is gone, Bryant Fitzgerald also gone. Uh, so just about the entire starting secondary is just out the door. Um, so that paired with just Ohio State's general dominance as far as wide receivers, um, that'll be it'll be one of the matchups of all time. It's interesting because you talk about Ohio State having, you know, potentially an advantage in the passing game. Ohio State's by far biggest weakness when it comes to the entire team, frankly, is the offensive line. So it's interesting that Ohio State is probably going to need a lot of help in that regard going up against a player that you think is going to be the entire team's MVP at Andre Carter, uh, where while if you flip that, Ohio State's, you know, biggest strength is probably going to be the passing game against potentially the biggest uh, weakness in terms of Indiana on defense. So it'll be interesting to see which which unit, whether I use secondary or Ohio State's offensive line, can kind of step up and hopefully negate any potential disadvantages they have on, on those sides. But uh, we'll be looking forward to that. Um, to wrap up the conversation here, what are your general thoughts? Like, I know there's a long way to go. There's months and months before they actually take to the field. But and a lot of decisions that have to be made in competitions and battles that have to be figured out. But what are your general thoughts about the Indiana football team this year? Do you expect some sort of rebound? Is bowl eligibility in the cards? Uh, I, I haven't looked specifically at necessarily the entire uh, schedule, so I'm not exactly sure who they're playing at home and, and you know get those opportunities uh, as I'm kind of going through it now. But I do see you know they do play Cincinnati again. They've got Idaho and Western Kentucky in the non-conference as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what what are your thoughts about what this team could potentially accomplish during this upcoming season? It's just so a lot of fans who have been looking for a source of hope have generally looked to Indiana's work in the transfer portal. I mean, they have lost a lot of talent. They have gained a decent amount of players through the portal, but it's also like this is deja vu. The same thing happened last offseason. We saw how that turned out. Um, I mean, last year it was weird because they started a quarterback who didn't really fit what Walt Bell likes to do because I mean, Connor Bazelak was much more of a pocket guy. And I think they were within reach of a bowl game last year. They were like, they, they could have won two more games very, very simply. Like they could have been bowled last year. Just, I think they started the wrong guy at quarterback because Dexter Williams, if he had been the starter all season could have done a few more things there. Uh, but this year, it's going to be interesting because the Big Ten schedule broke about as le- less, least ideal as it could. I mean, seeing Ohio State week one, ugh, uh, that's just a spooky thought, um, especially because I we do expect like Ohio State fans to travel incredibly well. I mean, they haven't seen their team since last year, and Bloomington's a very simple drive. I mean, if Ohio state fans are just in Indiana, they always make the trip. I've, I've been in the stands with them before. Um, but I mean, as like the general sense, eh, I mean, they're going to play football. Uh, I'm like, 
enough could in theory break right for them to get to six wins, but a lot has to go right rather than banking on something that's already there. Like in 2019, um, they could bank on the fact that, okay, we have a good quarterback. We have good wide receivers. We have good defense. We just hired this vaunted offense of mine from the lower levels of football, uh, previously the offensive coordinator, Fresno state. Uh, so they had stuff going for them then. Uh, so this year, their hope of like, as, as a fan looking in, you're hoping on a lot to go, right? Just like, okay, just find a good quarterback. Um, hope the offensive line just with a, like an off season of work under a new coach, just refining fundamentals, working on basic stuff because last year's offensive line just had trouble with that. Um, seeing like how much that can in theory improve the line um, and hoping the wide receivers room that is interesting uh, pans out. And then on defense, hoping that Allen has a plan there. Um, something interesting, uh, because I thought Allen should do this um, at the end of last season, and I thought it was a terrible idea when he did it. Um, last season, he reassumed defensive play calling duties. And I mean, I think Allen's a fine call play caller on defense. I think I've, I've read something similar actually on Land Grant about Ryan Day. Um, yeah. Like, I probably I wrote that. Alan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Allen's a fine play caller, but I think he just has too much to do as a head coach to dedicate himself to being a play caller. Um, and I thought, okay, they might hand off play calling duties to last year, de- de- last year's defensive coordinator, Chad Wilk, because like they hired the guy from Minnesota, longtime friend of Allen. It's like, okay, this could be. We could be seeing history repeat because Kane Womack was at the controls of that 2020 defense. And Kane Womack was just a wizard with that play calling. Like, oh, my gosh. Um, Like nobody could like really push the defense's buttons like he could. Um, And then it went back to they hired a guy to do it in 2021, panned out for a bit, bottom fell out. And then Allen reassumed it. And it was just like he was in his bag um, in the fourth quarter against Illinois. But. Uh, that really didn't last. Um, so I was like, Alan needs to find a play caller. And they hired one. And he came from Ohio State. So he's a Jim Knowles disciple. Jim Knowles is obviously a very, very, very good defensive coordinator. So who knows? We could be in, in for something interesting there, Macquarie. Um, So I think now that he has somebody who he in theory trusts with the defensive play calling, um, Alan can focus a lot more on, you know, the football team. Um, and I just, I mean, so many years into Tom Allen's tenure, it's I'm not sure what the long-term plan is. It feels like they're just going off-season to off-season, buying time, uh, loading up on transfers, seeing really talented players exit the portal. I mean, like the highest-rated recruit in IU history, Dasa McCullough, left. Like, that's a huge blow of the program. And for the first time in, like, 10 years, they didn't have a guy taken in the NFL draft, which, I mean – might not sound like much, but it's also like, eh, like I can't believe so few guys from those 2019 and 2020 guy teams moved on. Cause I mean, those are like some, like for Indiana, those are good teams. Um, but yeah, not much of a read on this year. They're banking a lot to go right rather than relying on what they have. And it could be interesting. It could be bad. And just based on recent trends, I wouldn't get my hopes up. Well, I, I'm sure there are some Ohio State fans that will appreciate that, uh, especially because there is a lot of things that have to be replaced uh, for Ohio State this season. But uh, starting out with a conference game is never ideal. But um, 
it's exciting. It definitely gives, I think, a little bit different context to spring practice when you're, or for fall practice, when you're squaring off against the conference opponent rather than like Arkansas State or Youngstown State or whoever. Uh, it, it definitely puts a little bit more edge, especially when Ohio State's going to have to figure out who their starting quarterback is. Well, I will let you go with that. Um, let us know where people can find you. Obviously, we will have a link to uh, Crimson Corey in the show notes if anyone wants to check out all of the coverage of Indiana football and all of the basketball stuff that you guys have going on. But where can we find you and follow uh, everything you're doing on social media, especially as we get closer to the game in September? Yeah, so of course you can find my work on CrimsonCorey.com, plug. Um, and beyond that, I mean, L.C. Norton, at by L.C. Norton on Twitter. I sometimes post a few little articles there. I post various IE-related tweets. I mean... That's where to find me, just at bylcnorton at twitter.com. I mean, sometimes I tweet over at, at Crimson Quarry. I'm sure if you're an Ohio State fan, you see me in my men- in the mentions um, <laughs> trying to lure away um, Marvin Harrison Jr. with the CQ, the very real CQ NIL Collective's offer of 10 wins at Brothers every other week on Wednesday, 25 cent win night. And I'm, I'm sad to say that effort did not work. I, I told you, you throw in some of those candy striper basketball warm-up pants, and uh, that's a deal, man. I, I'm all for it. Uh, I, I, I want a pair of those things. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can do some sort of sign-and-trade a little bit later. But if you're listening to this uh, episode and you found it on LandGrantHolyLand.com, don't forget to subscribe to the Land Grant Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can follow us at Land Grant Pods. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. So, Elsie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back. And as always, go Bucks.